This is the Jason Jones Show, powered by Mudhouse Media. Now, here's Jason Jones. Aloha, everybody, and welcome to the Jason Jones Show, broadcasting from the icy and cold hill country of Texas. It is the Great Freeze Round 2. Welcome to the pentathlon of podcasting. The Jason Jones Show is broadcasting every day for 16 days, every day of the Olympics. We are going to be highlighting a crime, a specific crime of the CCP. 16 days is not enough to even scratch the surface of this monstrosity, this monstrous regime that is the CCP. Um, So today we're going to be interviewing the great Faith McDonald. She is the founder of, you're the founder, right? Or executive director of Cartatismos. Director of Advocacy. Director of Advocacy of Cartatimos. I'm bringing you on in the introduction because I know that you are a MyPillow fan, and this episode is being brought to you by MyPillow, as every Jason Jones Show episode is brought to you by MyPillow. Go to MyPillow.com and seek revenge on the CCP by getting deep discounts on an American-made product that is the best. Uh, what, What MyPillow products do you own, Faith? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) <laughs> I got rid of all my old towels and bought their beautiful towels, bought Mike's beautiful towels. I've got sheets. I've got a mattress pad. Uh, my sister gave me the slippers for Christmas, but I did not wear them to the store. I, I think the lady in the commercial is wrong to wear them to the store, but I wear them everywhere else. Okay, you're breaking um, up a little bit. The- now, you just judged me. You don't even know it. I wear my my pillow slippers everywhere for two reasons. For three reasons. <laughs> okay. okay. Reason number one, it's like your feet never leave the penthouse suite of the Trump motel, hotel. The Trump motel. That's another place altogether. <laughs> I'm going to Google search Trump motel. Oh, no. <laughs> no. no so no. it's like your feet never leave the Trump hotel. Uh, presidential. I don't think the Trump motel has a presidential suite. It might have a heart-shaped bathtub suite, but I don't think it has a presidential suite. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so I, I, I wear it for the comfort. I wear it for the looks mm-hmm. because I'm I, I, I hunger attention, and so it definitely yeah. gives me that. <laughs> I wear it because when you use the code Jones, you get deep discounts and you support the work of the Vulnerable People Project. And this episode is also being brought to you by the Vulnerable People Project, standing in solidarity with the vulnerable when they are most vulnerable. And Faith McDonald, you have lived a life of standing with the vulnerable, and so so they can do the bumper music. Let's do it this way. Um, Faith McDonald, welcome to the Jason Jones Show. Thank you, Jason. See that way I'm they could. Glad to be here. That way the producer could put in that awesome Hawaiian music written by Teeny Gray. Uh, you have mm-hmm. committed your life to standing with the vulnerable, and so I wanted you to come on today to talk about the CCP. I don't want to say the Chinese war, the China's war, because it's really. Mm. I want to differentiate between the people of China and the CCP the way you would want to differentiate between the Nazi party and the Germans. The CCP Mm -hmm. is really a menace. And uh, the CCP is waging a war on the people of China and through the people of China waging a war on on religious minorities. So can you just give us, I want this show to be a primer 
on the really monstrous and unthinkable war the CCP is waging against uh, not only Christians and Muslims, but also people who hold to the traditional faiths of, of China. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jason, uh, as you know, I've been doing advocacy for persecuted religious believers for about 30 years. And when I first got started, um, I didn't know what was going on in China. Um, and when I became aware of it, uh, my first exposure, as you said, was to the persecution of Christians in China. But then that just opened up the door to show that anyone who acknowledges anything other than the CCP is an enemy to that regime. Um, you're not allowed to have freedom. You're not allowed to have, have faith in God or, or to have any kind of acknowledgement that that your life is anything other than what the ccp tells you it's going to be like with mandates and things like that um so uh i I've, it's been you know i've just for years i've followed uh various christian heroes i've worked with the uyghur as you know our sweet friend the, the prime minister in exile Sali hudyar for one um with the following Dong. um and and one thing that really encourages me, uh, Jason, is that um, both with the, the Chinese Christian church and with the Falun Gong, we see the knowledge of truth going out, permeating uh, China. Um, the Christian church, the underground church, has grown exponentially all through these years of persecution. And the Falun Gong, um, because of the um, courageous stand that they took to ask people to renounce communism uh, on a website, they've had over 300 million people renounce communism. So uh, there are inroads being made into that evil CCP regime. Yeah, and, and sorry, I had myself on mute. And And what's shocking is, the media is not covering this. Do you remember when when we were young? I remember as a boy when I would go to bar mitzvahs. There would always be two bar mitzvahs. There would be um, there would be a bar mitzvah for the a boy in the United States, and then he would sort of be it would be a sponsored hosting celebration bar mitzvah for a boy behind the Iron Curtain, and they would do yeah. the same thing with bats mitzvahs. We had a pope, Saint John Paul the Great who was outspoken mm-hmm. and courageous against communism. We had a, we had a priest, um, Father Jersey Popiescu, Father Jersey Popiescu. I'm looking oh. at his prayer card right now, blessed. Oh, Jersey, yeah. uh, beaten and murdered by the KGB. The church stood up against the Soviet Union. Um, mm-hmm. Wh- mm-hmm. Where is the church today speaking up? Where is the mainstream media today? Where are the religious communities today in the United States mm-hmm. speaking up against and I would dare say that the CCP's war on religion uh, is much more intense that, than even the Soviet war on religion. Yeah, yeah, I think they are because they learned the lessons of the Soviet Union. You know, they learned the, the things that worked and the things that didn't work. And, um, you know, there's this uh, manual that was written by a, a couple of the um, CCP uh, military leaders about the way to take over the world, basically, and um, that 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 warfare that is um, that's not military warfare. 
but but getting in and and you know infiltrating the educational systems and the churches and um they've they've done a job of things like that with um with communism coming into the churches in many different ways um but uh but you know the, you ask what where is the church standing up the church that's being persecuted is really the one that's standing up the most you know we we're doing our best you and i and and many others um to speak out and to uh mobilize the churches in america and um you know that's basically what i'm doing in through catartismos global is to bring up a, a grassroots movement to stand up to and to stand with the persecuted peoples of the world um and right now uh the people who are being persecuted by the ccp um you know and i think along with you a father jersey what an, an amazing man and also um one of the things that first first got me to care about the vulnerable people was a song about um a russian soldier who was a christian who was murdered while he was in the army called vanya and there was a, a song written about him and when i heard that i was like what what is what is happening what, what's and the title of the song what's the title of the song vanya vanya v-a-n-y-a and um it was like it was one of those one of those Christian rock groups, like in the seventies, that sang it. Um, oh, I can't remember the name of the group. I'm going to look for yeah, it, and if I find it, it will be in the show notes. Um, it's it's a wonderful. That's the power of art, song. right? That's the power yep, of art. Exactly, and you know that's. I mean, I have come to believe that more and more too. Um, I was recently on a um, a webinar that our our mutual friend uh, Sehun arranged with students from Columbia University. And I told them about a young man who was at a conference that I spoke at, who handed me this poem that he wrote about Sudan called Sheet Lightning Over the Veld. And it was amazing. And I didn't, he didn't give me his name. He didn't put it on the paper. I'm still trying to find him, you know, over a decade later. Uh, but I think this was in Memphis, Tennessee that this happened. No, Knoxville, Tennessee. But anyway, um, an amazing poem. And so in his honor and in honor of the people of Sudan, I just, I did something which I've never done before, which was I made a, a YouTube video of it as spoken, spoken poetry, you know, like slam poetry. Right. Because it was so powerful. Faith McDonald doing slam poetry. I want that on the show notes. <laughs> it's going to blow the show up. Not only are you, I, I always bring this up because I'm so proud of the fact, uh -huh. not only have you been labeled um, an arms dealer by the government of Khartoum, you're also a slam poet. I'm going to update your Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> I hope there isn't a Wikipedia for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but, but what you say, the power of art, and we need to use more of that art uh, against the CCP as well. And you know, Oh, got I've got a movie I'm doing this year, Faith. I'm going to tell you about it offline. It's a short oh, film, good. like sing a little louder. And, uh, um, oh, wow. and, oh, uh, good. it's, it's going to be in Mandarin with English subtitles. Uh, you know, wow. by the way, I would tell you all, but whenever I can tell, you know, where people are listening to this podcast, we have a lot of listeners in Beijing, strangely enough. Mm -hmm. 
And um, I suspect they all work in the same building. <laughs> and uh, so I don't want to give them a heads up. But, but um, yeah, we're doing a movie like Sing a Little Louder on China. Um, oh, wow. and, and you're going to love it. It's going to be. Yeah. So art is, is, is very powerful. Um, but our, mm-hmm. but you know, we have, I, you know what, what do you think about this faith? I, there, and there's not a large Jewish community in China, but there, there is a, there is a Jewish historic Jewish community in China. We should start having bar mitzvahs mm-hmm. and bar mitzvahs for Chinese children here. We should start, um, celebrating children, uh, during first communions and baptisms here. Mm-hmm. We should be praying for the persecuted mm-hmm. church in China Every day. I mean, the great Fulton Sheen was on to the threat of the CCP from 1949 on. And one of the most powerful stories I've ever heard is Fulton Sheen tells the story of a priest who, um, in the middle of mass, the the mass was raided by um, Mao's troops. And a bunch Mm -hmm. of the, uh, a bunch of the parishioners were captured and beaten and killed. And one tried to run to get the hosts away from the soldiers and, he was tripped on the street right in front of the parish and he, and the, the host spilled out all over the mud and they, they took the priest and they arrested him in this little cellar that had a little window. He could look up out the window at the hosts. He could see the hosts in the mud on the street. And every day, this little Chinese girl, Catholic girl would come by, cross herself, kneel down and consume one of the hosts in the mud every day. And on the very last day when the little girl knelt down to consume the last host, a communist soldier saw her, walked up behind her, and shot her in the head, shot a child in the head. This is the cancel culture taken to extreme. Cancel culture is leftist ideology. This is canceling uh, somebody who acknowledges a transcendent moral truth above the state, above the wills Mm -hmm. of the people who have commandeered the state. Really, that's what it is. And, um, and so it's startling that, you know, the church was louder against the CCP in the fifties and the sixties and the seventies than it is today. What happened? Well, not all of the church. I mean, you talk about, uh, Bishop Fulton Sheen, who was an amazing man. Um, my mom used to watch him all the time. My, my Salvation Army mom used to watch him on television all the time, but, um, but, but, you know, there were other churches, like when I, when I first went to the Institute on Religion and Democracy, where I, I worked before Catarchismos, um, I found out about the, the World Council of Churches and the National Council of Churches, as well as the, the United Methodist Churches women's group that put out this study on China, where they talked about Mao being like the Good Samaritan who came and rescued the Chinese people from the, the, the capitalist West and, and healed their wounds. Can you imagine? Well, he's starving tens of millions of them. These people are, these people are devoid of empathy. You know, it's the same temperament. It's the same psychology that, you know, was celebrating Planned Parenthood's entry into Afghanistan in 2001 and two that they were the first nonprofit uh, hand walked into China by uh, Hillary Clinton herself, and now, now that we have Biden's winter of death in Afghanistan, where the UN predicts over a million children will starve, our organization, the Vulnerable People Project, is is on track to deliver food and coal to a hundred thousand families this winter. 
Um, oh, our teams are delivering food and coal this day. Uh, and it's startling, mm-hmm. you know, that they're silent, right? They're silent. They celebrated the Khmer Rouge mm-hmm. as agrarian reformers mm-hmm. committed this great genocide. They celebrated Mao. They, they celebrate yeah. our, our regime change nonsense, and then they, 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 they bashfully look away when we leave and abandon a country to desolation. What is this temperament of these Christians? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, are they believing Christians? I don't know, these World Council of Church people. Mm-hmm. What, mm-hmm. what is it in their heart and in their mind where they could celebrate somebody like Mao, who is who is the greatest, the greatest. He's committed greater genocides and democides. I mean, the word democide was was coined for Mao. He, he killed his own yeah. people, not based on ethnicity or genocide, but uh, based on just power and control. Mm. H- how can they? Where in the gospel do they find a ground to celebrate somebody like Mao Zedong? They they don't find it in the gospel, that's for sure. Um, And they, you know, uh, I I can't talk for everybody's spiritual experience, but I know, you know, in general, those groups, they felt that uh, keeping the world free from nuclear war was more important than speaking truth about what those threatening countries were doing. So, you know, they did the same thing with the Soviet Union. Um, they had um, uh, people, Christians in the Soviet Union in gulags and prisons, and the World Council of Churches wouldn't speak about it. And when uh, one of the one of the um, Russian Orthodox uh, deacons, Deacon Vladimir Rusak, who I I got to meet after he was released from prison, um, wrote to the World Council of Churches and told them what was really happening. Um, that there are Russian Orthodox delegates to the World Council of Churches who happen to be KGB agents um, told the people, oh, don't listen to this man. He's crazy. He was kicked in the head by a horse when he was a child, and he's, he's not speaking truth. So it was more comfortable to believe that lie than to investigate and find out what was really happening. And I think that's a lot of what's happening today um, all over the world is that, you know, Afghanistan, oh, well, you know, the Biden says that everything was done right. We're not going to investigate it any further. We're just going to pray for peace, you know, in our church, but we're not going to really look into it or, or speak about the injustice or the evil that took place. So, um, yeah, it's hard. You know, Faith, I think you hit the nail on the head when um, you said it's that better red than dead. It's their, their fear of nuclear war. It's better tens of millions of Chinese children starve to death in Mao's famine than we take the slightest risk to our safety and security. Better three million Uyghur are in concentration camps um, picking cotton for brands like Nike and knitting together shoes so, you know, we can drive down uh, the cost of crap at our box stores. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's the preferable, mm-hmm. this, this is the left right here. It's two things, the two, the two pillars mm-hmm. of the left. Um, one is I call it, you know, the Bolsheviks, the Marxists, the Soviets, the KGB in the 70s um, insinuated this term through the bishops in Latin America into the church broadly called the preferential option for the poor. And mm-hmm. I, I've jujitsued it and I have for now almost two decades, I've been 
I jujitsued it, and it's not the preferential option for the poor because that's that can be used as an ex- for violence. That's that's Marxism. That's class warfare. It's preferential uh-huh. option for the vulnerable. Mm-hmm. It's preferential uh-huh. option for mm-hmm. the vulnerable. It's we have to order our lives to serve the truly vulnerable, which of course often people who are materially poor are the vulnerable. But sometimes you can uh-huh. be Jewish in Paris in 1941, and you're vulnerable, right? Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you can be mm-hmm. wealthy. So it's not it's not based on wealth or ethnicity or we don't have a preferential option for the rich or a preferential option for minorities or a preferential option for the poor or a preferential option for people who look like me. You know, the Christian response is a preferential mm-hmm. option for those who are truly abandoned, lonely and vulnerable and are a threat to violence from the mob. But for the left, mm-hmm. their pillar is preferential option for me. The Catholic social mm-hmm. teaching, Christian social teaching, the gospel, any theology, philosophy, ideology, it all exists simply to advance my interests. And I will, oh. there is no, they, they will twist their mind into a pretzel to justify anything to benefit themselves. All and, and now oh, how, yeah. and how do they do it? It's called victimism. They feign concern mm. for a vulnerable community for wealth, prestige, and power. But the vulnerable community that they feign concern for is invulnerable. Oftentimes, they don't even exist anymore. They feign concern for, you know, they go back into history and they become the great abolitionists of 1840. Unfortunately, they live in 2022, right? But, but they're not, they're not the, the Washington Post just did a, I guess they published a list of, of congressmen and senators in the history of the United States who own slaves and they want to dox them or make sure there's no schools or buildings named after them. But meanwhile, and I'm publishing a list of all the names, all these former congressmen in America, Faith, are working for the CCP as lobbyists, a slave state, a slave state where Uyghurs are literally picking cotton. So, and I'm going to publish a name of every president, every board member, every corporate sponsor, Every IOC official, oh, every NBC broadcaster. I'm sorry? You know about them? Publish the ones who went to work for Squire, Patton, and Bog, too. Oh, we will. That, Give me the list. We'll, we're going to grow and build the list. You know, okay. the, these are the slave owners of today. I mean, the Uyghurs mm-hmm. were literally picking cotton as slaves. They are picking cotton. Mm-hmm. Now we have a ban on Uyghur cotton. Okay, good. That mm-hmm. took a real long time. And, uh, but, but, and we have, um, you know, they're, 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 China's moving the Uyghurs all over the country. So when you ban products from, from East Turkestan, or as they call it, Xinjiang, it really doesn't matter because they've just shuffled the Uyghur all over the country. Um, but this is my point, right? They're victimists. They're, they're, they're publishing lists of slave owners who've been dead since before my great, great grandfather was born. And literally, and they're, they're silent or they are actually complicit in supporting a slave regime that is the CCP. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a really good point, Jason, and it, it it carries over into so many things that they what they portray as virtue um, is really um, that same kind of thing. You know, the, we, oh, we're protecting the elderly by making little children and babies get jabs. You know, that's uh, sure you are. Right. That's um, why they shriek in horror and run away from us when they see us without a mask because they're concerned about yeah. the elderly and they're 30. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like right. they care about the elderly too when they, 
stuff them back into nursing homes to die. And yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And I agree. I love that term preferential option for the vulnerable instead of preferential option for the poor that, you know, just takes it right out of the hands of the liberation theology people and stuff. So I love They it. want to exploit the poor. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. to use and exploit the poor as an instrument against the yep. other. Always to, mm-hmm. u- to, to leverage power to do violence against the other. You know, and mm-hmm. um, so now we, can we list some of the specific crimes of China against the church? Oh, sure, sure. Well, most recently um, in the latest crackdown, what one of the things that they're doing, and we've talked about this before when I, I was on, was rewriting the Bible and taking out the bits <laughs> that they don't like and putting in uh, pros and Xi Jinping <laughs> portions instead um so you've got that you've got the actual um uh, vandalizing of holy scripture but you've got um the church being raided in different provinces you've got christians um being uh you know especially since the the bcp virus started um using that as an even even more of an excuse and again justifying themselves saying that they're protecting you know the, the poor people who, who would get uh, infected if they let churches meet. So churches aren't allowed to meet. Um, church at pe- Christians are put into the labor camps, the Lao Gai. Um, the, there's still the uh, two, what is it, two-child policy now. And that I think it's I think it's it's, it's it's I think it's a three child policy. But here's the point: Is it three child? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Who are they to tell you to have one, two, or three? And you know they forced women to have more children than they wanted, uh, leading you know up into in the '60s and early '70s. Then they then they clamped down and told them how many they kids they could have. Now they're telling them they can have three. There may come a day where they put a bayonet to their back and say, "Now you have to have ten children," Be- because they just yeah. see these persons, these women, as instruments of the st- of st- the state's interests. It's not about mm-hmm. the woman's desire. They have relaxed the one child policy uh, because. Uh, they realize that they have an upside down pyramid and in the, in the, in China's about to collapse. Mm. The regime is going, and we're going right. to see the end of the CCP, which I cannot wait. That's going to be a celebration. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be a yeah. beautiful day. Um, maybe even more beautiful than when the fall of the Berlin Wall. It's going to be a great day. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And when, when math doesn't have to be in, in at midnight um, in secret, you know, when, there were uh, years ago we we were hearing about uh, the CCP raiding churches at Christmas time, not allowing them to celebrate Christmas, and we designed buttons with uh, "Merry Christmas" written in in uh, Mandarin, so that people could wear them. And then when people said to them, "Well, what does your button say?" say it says "Merry Christmas" in Chinese, and tell them about why they were wearing it because the the Christians in China were not allowed to celebrate Christmas. And here in the U.S., we were so uh, touchy about even saying Merry Christmas, but we had the right to do it. So um, we, we gave away a lot of those buttons, and hopefully people spread the word about the church in China. Yeah, well, you know, we know that Bishop Joseph Zheng Waizhou is still missing. A Catholic bishop, mm-hmm. a Catholic bishop has been disappeared in China. A tennis champ has been disappeared and then making strange 
like, like public appearances as if she's a kidnapped victim, you know, giving a proof of life. Mm-hmm. And not only was mm-hmm. Bishop Waiju kidnapped, uh, 10 priests and countless seminarians and lay people just gone. Thousands of freedom activists in Hong Kong, and I know as a Catholic, many of them were Catholic. Jimmy Lai, looking at life in prison. For what? Um, So we as Christians, this is, it's the first and foremost, we need to stand with our our, our co-religionists. It's a grave Mm -hmm. scandal, right? It's a grave scandal when you abandon your own. It's a greater scandal, Saudi Arabia and Turkey Right, the silence of Saudi Arabia and Turkey mm-hmm. on the genocide of the Uyghur is a greater scandal than Pope Francis's silence. Now, Pope Francis is absolutely silent; mm-hmm. has never said the word mm-hmm. Uyghur in public. Trust me, I've looked. He wrote it once ah. in a litany of ten thousand ah. issues, never once. But it's oh, a greater geez. scandal the silence of of of, of um, Saudi Arabia. It's a greater a scandal. Can you imagine how break how heartbreaking it is to a Turkic people? Um, the Uyghur, mm. uh, to, to see Turkey mm-hmm. in bed with China, it's a greater scandal. Mm. Well, it's a grave, mm-hmm. it's a grave scandal that the Catholic mm-hmm. Church is silent on the arrest of Bishop Zhang Waizhu and still receiving money from the CCP mm-hmm. and the secret deal yeah. that was the CCDI. I know I say it all the time. I bring it up all the time. Cardinal Mc, disgraced Cardinal McCarrick mm. brokered a deal. Mm-hmm. That we 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 take on, on on from some respected sources that it's about two billion dollars a year going to the Vatican, and mm-hmm. it appears mm-hmm. that the the CCP has bought Pope Francis's silence. By the way, Pope Francis mm-hmm. is constantly railing against the United States, the NBA, uh, taking on woke causes, but has been mm-hmm. silent on the Uyghur. Uh, but but to be fair, no, he I- he was silent on the genocide of the Christians in Iraq as well. Yeah, that's true. And, and do you know that he's given his blessing to the Olympics, too? To the genocide game? Oh, I did know that. Now you give me another article I have to write. I'm going to do a whole show on Pope Francis uh-huh. giving his blessing to the genocide games. I did not know that. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah it is. Well, $2 billion okay, buys a lot of blessings. Exactly. It's <laughs> like the, the Middle Ages. <laughs> no, I wish. No, it's not like the Middle Ages. The Middle Ages would be Pope Francis would invade Florence, you know, and he would have his like mistresses and their children like tagging along. I would love to see that on the Drudge Report. My heart would leap with joy. Oh my! I'd say finally yeah. we're going back. We're getting to the tradition. We're getting to roots. Yeah, if I found out Pope Francis led an army to invade Sicily, okay. Because some Norman uh-huh. came, some Normans took over Sicily, and Pope Francis was like, "Hey, we're, I'm leading an army, and make sure my mistresses and our children are, are tagging along behind." And then, you know, we're gonna <laughs> celebrate the mass as the masses should be celebrated. This, oh god, this would lead to so many people coming into the church. Yeah, well, that's masculine. It's hey, look, it's fallen, it's sinful, it's depraved, but there's something yeah. human about it. It's something human it's about muscular. it. Right. Yeah, something human about it. There's nothing human about inviting NBA players and the owners to kafetch about historical racism in America while giving your blessing to the Genocide Olympics where 3, 000, 3 million minorities are in concentration camps because of their ethnicity and religion. 
that's right that's right and and like you said this is bishop joseph and 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 this is not the the first time that bishop joseph has been disappeared either right i mean he wasn't he he was in prison for like 20 years before this yeah he's the same one i'm thinking yes yeah yeah oh my gosh yeah and that's the thing that you know these these wonderful uh brothers and sisters in christ who have been through uh, the camp experience, the, the 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 concentration camp experience, or the prison experience, and they're they're so strong in their faith, you know. Um, and I never like it when people romanticize persecution. I mean, you know, when somebody says, "Oh yes, but the the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church," I feel like saying to them, "Well, give a little of your blood then." But at the same time, it is true that these people. They're, it's like the book of Hebrews says the world was not worthy of them. They're just, they have been um, shown their faith in such a way and, and something that, that should put fear into the heart of every Christian who is free is that not only are they a witness of their faith in God, but I believe that at the judgment, uh, God is going to say to them, you know, who are the people who helped you? And they will be a testimony either to the fact that we stood up for the vulnerable or we didn't. That's right. Well, no, that the blood of, I'm so glad you brought that up. The, I, I got an email this week from someone that told me that I, I needed to stop fear mongering and stop living in fear that I had to have faith uh, because the blood of the martyrs is, uh, it, it, what is it? The blood of the martyrs the is seed of the church. Seed of the church. And I and I thought it was so offensive to me. I don't I, I don't even know if I responded. I think I just forwarded to my team and said remove from my list. I, I don't even think I responded. I was so furious. Because it's blood brother. First of all, I'm not a guy that scares easy, right? Nor are you, Faith, right? Like we've both been to Sudan. I've been to Iraq, the front line with ISIS. I've been handcuffed and shoved into cars for standing up for what I believe. And and I have to say to this point, by God's grace, in those moments, I really haven't felt fear. I do feel extreme fear and panic when there's very mild turbulence on my flight when I'm sitting in business class, you know. Then I, I, I have fear and dread. I don't know why when, you know, our friend and Brad takes me to meet with the John Jaweed uh, in, you know, in, in the desolate parts of Sudan and they tell me they're going to kill me. I don't have fear. I don't. But if my there's a little <laughs> swoosh in my water and the plane and I'm, I'm dying here of dread. But this guy is like, I'm, I'm not fear-mongering. I'm telling you the truth. This email was about a million, a million, it was to our, you know, to our supporters, a million children are set to die in Afghanistan. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I'm sitting in a nice, warm house, you know, listening to Glenn Miller albums while I'm eating yogurt with fresh fruit, okay? Yeah. I don't have much to fear of, brother. But we should never romanticize Never romanticize the suffering of others. Mm-mm. When you're Mm-mm. bleeding Mm-mm. out, your last words can be the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. Like that will be poetic. That yeah. will be nice, right? That will be nice. Yeah. But when you're in the United States complaining about Zoom fatigue and having to wear a mask, which I complain about both, um, mm-hmm. don't say with a smarmy smile, trust the Lord. No, we are, mm-hmm. you know, we are, the church is the distributor of graces in the world. And we are to be there with them. Our friend wrote that book. Uh, um, our buddy wrote that book about love and charity where he said, uh, where, he, where he analyzed 
the Pauline letters in the New Testament, and 75% of the time we're told to tithe, it's to the persecuted church. That's right. Oh, Dominic. Dominic Spudo. Dominic Spudo's beautiful book. 75% of the time in the New Testament where it says that we should tithe, it's to tithe to the persecuted church. It's not just money. I mean, it should be our, our heart, our prayers. You know, are we praying specifically for the persecuted church? I will tell you, God forbid, in the parishes I've attended, we pray vaguely for war, world peace. But we seem so afraid to name them. We seem so afraid to name who we're praying for anymore. We can just vaguely pray that we pray for persecuted people. We pray for peace. We never say we pray for those being persecuted by the CCP. Why can't we not say that in our churches? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, um, if you have a, a time when there's a, you know, they, they allow the congregation to pray, um, say it out loud, brother. That's what I, <laughs> I mean, if you're not afraid of getting in trouble anyway. I would just say it right out loud during, you know, a quiet time in the church. But um, I can't yeah. get in trouble, Faith. No, I, I try. No, I, I told a guy <laughs> I was going to knock him out my first day at my new parish because he abused the Eucharist. Oh, my. And, and I, oh, I, I wow. took him aside politely, and then he was rude. And then I said, dude, I'm going to knock you out. And uh, I thought, well, I'm never going to be disinvited. They're going to tell me not to come back. And then they invited me to speak. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I, I try to get in trouble, Faith. <laughs> oh, well, I, I get to do the prayers of the people this Sunday in my church. So say a prayer for me because I, you know, I, I don't get in trouble either. People whisper to me later, but, you know, <laughs> I'm still considered the one who causes the, 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 the disruption in the waters by uh, speaking some things that are controversial. So. But you learned the secret a long time ago, right? There is no trouble coming. There's nothing they can do. Yeah. Right? Yeah, For every right. dirty look you get, and you get mm-hmm. 15 people whispering to you, thank you so much for saying that. Yeah, that's right. I'll That's take nice. I'll take a dirty look for every fifteen. Wow, thank you for saying that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, w- when we were talking about the romanticizing of, of the persecution and stuff, and just just what are these words from Hebrews? I mean, this this should become a, a poem for slam poetry, where it says. What more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Some were tortured, refused to accept relief, so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were killed with the sword. They went about in the skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy. And all these, though, commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised since God had provided something better, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. So we are following in their footsteps and we are supposed to be the ones who fight for something better for all the history of the martyrs. Right, and those martyrs faced terrible regimes and, mil- and armies 
and we're Mm -hmm. utterly helpless in the face of them, worldly speaking. Mm -hmm. And we Mm -hmm. have so much power, privilege, and influence. You know, the reason the states are just, you know, that they're they're working so desperately to surveil us, to listen to us, to spy on us, to seek the FBI on us uh, because we uh, care about our children's education and go to school board meetings. It's it, it's the reason the CCP is obsessed with not only surveilling and getting uh, you know eye scans of all of their they've literally got DNA imprints and eye scans of almost yep. the entire Uyghur population. Uh, they also yep. we now know through the through the Olympic app. Do download the Olympic app. If anything, if you're not going to do the boycott, they now know that the Olympic app. If you download it to it, it listens to you, and it looks yeah. at you. Well, why are they yeah, doing this? Because they're secure in their regime? No, they're terrified of us. And they should be because uh-huh. the CCP, uh-huh. I'm going to outlive the CCP. You're oh, going to outlive oh, the CCP. Amen. We're going to outlive the CCP. Amen. The CCP is headed to the dustbin of history. But uh, so they're, ter- they're terrified of us. Um, and we are not afraid of them. But what we do acknowledge amen. is that there are those who should be terrified of these regimes because they're brutalizing mm-hmm. them. And uh, mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. empathize with those people, right? And um, right. I had a Uyghur woman on the show that played for me hours of endless phone calls from CCP agents. This is an American citizen, Uyghur activist, yeah. uh-huh. threatening her life, threatening oh, her family's right. life. The FBI doesn't return her calls. Well, why are they so? Oh. Why? Why are? Why are uh, Chinese intelligence uh, agencies? paying this one woman so much attention, you know, why do you, in basketball, why do you double team a player? Because you're terrified of that player. Mm-hmm. They're terrified mm-hmm. of that woman's voice. They're terrified mm-hmm. of the church. That's why they, you know, they work so hard to compromise the church. They yeah, should be, right. to those of you listening in Beijing, you know, you should be terrified of the church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, and and then at that moment of terror, to to know that God has grace for you too, That's and right. that uh, the Chinese Christians and the the Chinese people of other faiths, um, they they are not a threat to China. They're a threat to an evil regime, but they are they want to be good citizens. I know that the the Christians in China they have a song called. 4 a.m. or something like that anyway, in China that talks about how the church wakes up at four o'clock in the morning to pray for China. And, um, you know, I I learned that from some guys who were some of the the wanted from Tiananmen Square. I've actually got a t-shirt with their names all written on it. I I had them sign it on my back when I was wearing my Tiananmen Square t-shirt. Yeah. Uh, I'm a groupie for strange things. No, that's why I love you. You know, you um, I'm a very malleable person. So now you now you said that I'm like, do I have to get up at four a.m. now and start praying too? How am I going to do this? You know, I do weird things like this year. I'm only drinking water all year. I mean, I'm eating. Oh wow! Yeah, no, but no uh-huh. sweets and nothing to drink. Nothing, just water. I can't even put lemon in my water, orange in my water, oh, orange wow. juice, okay. and um. And uh, maybe I need to add getting up at 4 a.m. That's beautiful. Oh, my God. Well, and this is what I'll say. <laughs> your, you know, your wife's not going to be happy with me. <laughs> no, well, I, you know, I, I get up at 5.30 now, and I do that. Uh, 
um, so I can read. And I try to have my transcendent time where I read scripture and I read Plato and I read philosophy and I do that for an hour and a half or two hours before I get to, and then I, and I turn on my computer around seven thirty, and then I do some emails and, uh, text messages. And then I have breakfast with my family and then I, 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 I get to work. Um, but, but so if I get up at 4am, I get up at five 30. I'm just, I'm really, I'm quiet. I, you know what? Cause I have my, my pillow slippers on and oh, yes. they're super quiet. Like ninja uh-huh. quiet, like ninjas. If you're a ninja, use the code Jones, get my pillow slippers. But I want to, I want to go to this, you know, the, the Chinese, the CCP says that the church is, um, a threat to Chinese culture, right? Islam is a threat to Chinese mm-hmm. culture. The CCP mm-hmm. is responsible for the cultural revolution, which eviscerated Chinese culture. The CCP is yeah. responsible for the one child policy. Culture lives in families and families is mom, dad, brothers, sisters, cousins, nieces, and nephews. This is where the liturgical calendar of culture lives, not just faith. This is where the calendar of culture lives. Birthdays, cultural celebrations, uh, mm. family gatherings, right? Aunts and uncles mm-hmm. playing mahjong all till three in the morning, six in the morning, nine in the morning. They play till noon and, and then they take a nap and they're playing again. This is where mm. family and culture lives. And what's the amazing about mm. the gospel is in a way, I, it's like, uh, I can say this, this might seem this. <laughs> My wife's father owned an MSG factory. So it's just, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going there. Sometimes the gospel seems mm-hmm. like it's MSG to culture. It brings out the most, does that, does that make sense to you? It, mm-hmm. it doesn't make you sleepy and it doesn't give you cancer, but it accentuates the beautiful flavors of mm-hmm. our unique culture. The gospel. I'm a big king of MSG, by the way. I love MSG. So there's no problem with me on that. And I love that image that, the church, the gospel is MSG. Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, well, but it does make you sleepy. I know, because if I go to a place that's like no MSG, I, you know, uh-huh. because you're falling asleep at the table before you leave, right? Uh-huh. But at least I am, I am. But no, but the gospel brings out what's beautiful about our culture, right? Yeah. You know, you look yeah. at like we're Germanic peoples, right? So our culture was barbaric and brutal and cruel. Um. But then we can look back at our culture through the lens of the gospel and we, we see the beautiful aspects of our culture. And, and you see that as the gospel, the good news spread around the world. When the CCP, when, and through their propaganda, talks about the Christian religion or Falun Gong, anything that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, it, you know, Taoism is somehow a threat. Confucius is somehow a threat. Um, mm-hmm. All of this is somehow a threat to the CCP at different times in their history that they wage these wars like they did in the cultural revolution. No, what they're really saying is acknowledging a transcendent moral order is a threat to the party, the party, mm-hmm. the state. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, yep. the CCP has been the greatest abuser. It's, it's almost eviscerated Chinese culture. It's, it's mm-hmm. almost completely eviscerated it through the cultural revolution and then through the one-child policy. And as we see the collapse yeah. of the CCP, we're going to really need, China's going to have to have a great restoration and in digging into those roots and, 
not only do they owe it to themselves, but they owe it to the world to reclaim and to communicate and share this beautiful culture with the world, this culture that has sort of been dominated by this perverse Western ideology, communism, right? Uh And now this sort of amalgam Uh of fascism, communism, and neoliberalism that is the CCP. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, So, yeah. And I'm just, that rant was literally just for those folks that are paid to listen in China. And I love, (laughs) I love it. Because I I, I look here and I can see like, wow, look at all the little yellow lights lighting up across China. Um, Oh. Yeah. But disproportionately in Beijing, it's so much fun to watch. Well, um, have you done any research into the the ancient origins of Christianity in China? That's something I would like to to, to study more because I have heard from from Chinese Christian scholars that you know Christianity goes way way back, and um, it would be really interesting to find out because that would give them a much more indigenous kind of cultural uh, appropriate uh, Christian experience than just taking everything that the West has. Well, you know, here's what's interesting. Yes, uh, you know, well, there were ancient, you know, the, the Jews went everywhere. It's really unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and now we're sort of connecting the dots to, you know, St. Thomas's roots to the East, going to the In Jewish the communities yeah. to the East. But yeah, mm-hmm. I do know a little bit, you know, and this is really through my, my study of the Uyghur people, but um, there were Nestorian Christians in China going back to, I think, the 7th century. Uh, and it was brought there by a Nestorian monk. Um, and uh, so, yeah, you have going back to the 6th century. Now, you have to remember, Scandinavia wasn't Christianized until, what, 1000 AD? And then I think it only stuck there for about 500 years. And then they were listening to techno music and doing whatever they were doing up there. I shouldn't joke. We got a lot of listeners. We got a lot of listeners in Scandinavia. We love you guys in Sweden, Norway. But um, um, yeah, no, but it's that I can make that joke because that's my people. But yeah, but yeah, no, you think you're a Celt? A lot of the Celt. I make a lot of Irish jokes in this show too, which I probably shouldn't do. I'm only six percent Irish according to Ancestry.com. You know, every time I say that that I did my DNA, I get a hundred emails. You shouldn't do that. Now China has your DNA. Let them have my yeah. DNA. They'll... I was just thinking that too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I used to joke, you know, coming from Hawaii and my kids are mixed and everyone in Hawaii is mixed. I used to tell people, they call them Hapa Haui. I used to tell people I was mm-hmm. Hapa Haui, you know. And mm-hmm. and if you look at me, it's clearly I am not Hapa Haui. <laughs> yeah. But I used they look at me, they go, you're Hapa Haui. I'm like, yeah, I'm half white and half whiter. And then I did my DNA, and it's kind of true. Like, um, you know, Norwegian, English, German, and Irish, Welsh, Scottish, uh-huh. all that, you know, basically white and whiter. So I can mm-hmm. say that joke. Yeah, yeah. Joke. Well, I'm proud today to, to say that I'm part Canadian, too, because my father's side of the family was from Prince Edward's Island. So The oh, Canadians <laughs> are unbelievable. Half a million people are in Ottawa. 50,000 trucks. I, I didn't know there were half a million Canadians. I knew, I've heard of Canada, Canada. Like, I didn't know if it was a real place, but I heard of it. Until, oh, my. No, I love my Canadian friends. You know, in the pro-life movement, it's strange. There's these rivalries. So, of course, mm-hmm. the, the pro-life movement is very Irish Catholic. And, and there's a lot of, you know, 
my, a lot of my friends, my godfather is Patrick McChrystal, who is the head of Human Life International Ireland. I don't know if you know him. He's a great guy. So, wow. you know, the connections between the pro-life movement in Ireland are very strong. And strangely, like, mm. the, can, can, the pro-life movement in Canada is very strong. You know, but we're always making jokes. Well, I'm making jokes, and I think they really hold me in disdain and contempt. But I'm always making Canada and, and Irish jokes, and then I think they just look at me as like I'm a, a, a legitimate buffoon. But we are we are so proud of Canada, and this is this is my take yeah. on it. I interviewed. Did, did you listen to my interview with the trucker? I certainly did, and I loved the, the beginning. The who was that doing um, uh, the updated version of Neil Young's song? That was amazing. That was a truck driver. <laughs> yeah, you guys have to go if you yeah. haven't listened. You got to listen to the Nina Show episode, uh, Nina Shea episode. When we first put it up, there was a glitch, and a lot of you probably stopped listening. That episode you have to listen to. The trucker episode was so much fun, and it was fun for me because this is—I mean, fun's probably not the right word. I felt like an—I felt like I was—I um, felt like you know. Imagine if you could interview somebody live during the Tiananmen Square protests. Mm-hmm. Do you know? And 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 I felt like wow, I'm interviewing somebody in the middle of one of the largest protests in the history of the world, and it's being not it's mm-hmm. not being covered by the media, which is so eerie yeah. to me. This is how you know neoliberalism, yeah. which I don't like the term neoliberalism because what is neoliberalism? It's corporations mm-hmm. using the state to advance corporate interests. It's mm-hmm. uh, no respect for private property. Uh, of of the working class and middle class it is no respecter of borders it's globalism it's corporations governments transnational organizations conspiring against the middle class and working class it's 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 a push for a a global surveillance state right it's we i don't i don't like the name neoliberalism i guess that's what we're calling it it's really um maybe techno-fascism surveillance fascism surveillance statism surveillance global corporate globalism i don't know what we call it it's eerie and it's creepy and nothing has proved how creepy it is that when you have trudeau looking a camera in the eye and calling these people's they're racists homophobic uh uh misogynists like violent, violent yeah. no violence no misogyny no racism no homophobia what then then the washington yeah. post's uh, publishes a cartoon calling them fascists. We live in a totalitarian regime. That's why you have to be on Getter. We need to communicate mm-hmm. with each other. You need to create an old-fashioned... Mm-hmm. Uh, you remember, Faith, back in the day, did you have a phone tree? Did you ever do... When you did activism in politics, you had a phone tree? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. We yeah, need, one person calls another and passes it on. Yes, you call these 20 people, mm-hmm. those 20 people call their 20 people. This is how we used to do yep. activism when I started. Oh, yeah. We need email trees. We need phone trees. Do you know Google? Mm -hmm. This was in the stream. I tried to get more mainstream Mm -hmm. coverage for it. The stream covered it. Zmirak interviewed me. Couldn't believe it. Google Mm -hmm. blocked my emails to reporters on when I tried to send them information on the Uyghur genocide. Oh, my goodness. And it said it contained emails contained banned content. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's that's why we need parallel structures on everything. I mean, I'm even I don't I don't like using Google Docs because, you know, <laughs> if you use Google Docs, you'll get Google Docs someday. <laughs> Look, they're reading my emails. It's unbelievable. Jeez, so it is. It's, oh my gosh! Wow. So yeah. 
We've digressed from China. We got about, I want five more minutes with you. I want to land this plane. Give us how we can help Cartatismos. Do you like how I say that? I do. I love how you say it so well. I would think you were Greek. Well, my siblings are Greek, see? And my my mom was married a lot, so I have a lot of culture, you know? My mom gave me a Mm -hmm. cosmopolitan worldview from her husband's. And then my siblings, so I have Greeks, half Greek siblings. And um, my sister was an Orthodox postulant for nuns. You know, for in the convent, they call them, um, for women, they're still monasteries. And mm-hmm. she was, she's now married, and she's now Roman Catholic, but she was an Orthodox. She was a postulant in the Romanian Orthodox, in the Romanian Orthodox community in Washington State. So I grew up eating, you know, baklava. My, my, what, what, do Greek, what, what are Greeks known for? Oh, good food. <laughs> they own restaurants, oh, right? So my stepfather owned a restaurant. Leaves. Just, just grape leaves. And, yeah. Uh-huh. My stepfather yeah. owned a restaurant. So there was just, you know. Oh, wow. But the problem was, you know, when you're a kid and you steal, you steal booze from your, your dad's bar. Uh-huh. Uzo's nasty. Uzo is nasty. Uzo. And that's all we had. Like you couldn't, you can't mix it. Uh, what are you going to put Uzo well, in? Drinking for a while too. That might be a good thing. Let a kid taste something that tastes like you know medicine, and they won't want it. Black licorice or something. Yeah. No. So yeah. No. I. Yeah. Cartatismos. I. It's. And uh, people can find you at cartatismos.com. Cartatismos.org. That's a joke. (laughs) That's a joke. Yeah. That would be the worst (laughs) domain ever. So 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 tell us. How can we stand with you as you are advancing religious liberty around the world? And, and religious liberty around the world is being threatened by the CCP as well. So uh, give us an action item and, and, and tell us how we can donate to you and, and what you need us to do now. Oh, great. Thank you. Yes. Well, right now, as we're with the Olympics, I think um, a main thing is to focus on that and to, to turn off the Olympics on TV, pray instead, do other things. Um, find on YouTube the Touched by an Angel episode about China. It's very powerful. Um, listen to, to Jason Jones's show on podcast. And, um, and for, as for Patricismo Global, if people would like to help us, we're working on China, on Nigeria, Pakistan, Sudan, South Sudan, all kinds of issues, and could definitely use help. So, um, if you go to the kgiglobal.org website, you'll find a way to donate for that as well. And I will send you my slam poetry. Uh, but also, I wanted to say, too, for the power of art, your interview with um, John Andrzejewicz and Five for Sighting. Oh, my goodness. People should definitely hear that if they haven't heard it yet. And that song, Blood on My Hands, um, another thing that uh, people can do instead of watching the Olympics, which are full of blood. Yeah, the John and John, thank you for actually listening to my show. You know, I wonder how many of my friends listen to the show, but thank you for actually listening to the show. <laughs> You've just cited two episodes. That's unbelievable. So John and what's amazing about him is not only does he leverage his art, which isn't propaganda, he wrote that out of a pathos is he was watching Afghanistan mm-hmm. fall. His heart was breaking. He wrote this song, blood on mm-hmm. my hands, blood in my hands, not blood on mm-hmm. your hands, blood on Biden's hands. He felt like I felt that I had blood on my hands, but he's mm-hmm. leveraging his celebrity. 
And, you know, mm-hmm. I've, my organization was founded Movie to Movement and Vulnerable People Project or Programs of Hero. And our goal was from the very beginning to, to try to inspire people to leverage their celebrity on behalf of the vulnerable. So like we made Bella with Eduardo Verastegui, Crescendo with Justin Bieber's mm-hmm. mom, Patty Millett, Divided Hearts of America with Benjamin Watson. It's very thoughtful trying to get people to leverage their celebrity. Do you, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, Faith, how hard it is to get somebody to leverage their, cele- leverage their celebrity on behalf of a vulnerable community, a truly vulnerable oh. community, not the woke mob nonsense, but, you know, mm-hmm. to stand up against the, of true power for the vulnerable. Do you know how hard it is? Oh, I'm sure it's very hard. They have to be the kind of person who has the heart that will do it. Well, um, and people like Eduardo and, you know, uh, the, those are the people who will do it. But there aren't many. Because they're managers, sure. they're agents, everyone around them. They're a cash mm-hmm. cow, right? They're a business. Mm-hmm. They're not just a person. They're a big business. Yeah. And a lot of people are dependent on the success of this business. They treat them Coin like a- operated. <laughs> s- say that again. Operated. That's right. And so they have to look their manager, their agent, their lawyer, their business partners, their investors. They have to look everyone in the eye and say, hey, I'm my own man. John had to do that, I'm sure. And and I'm going exactly. to stand here. I'm going to stand here. So he was so courageous. Well, Faith, I, I just want to thank you for all that you have done with re- your relentless and you're filled with joy. And I, I can't wait to see you in Washington, D.C. Yeah, in the coming you. weeks at this Innis Cantor Freedom event. Did you want to talk about the event? Oh, we're giving an award to the wonderful Ennis Cantor Freedom, Mr. Freedom, who, who recently became a U.S. citizen because of his stand for the vulnerable people in the, the concentration camps, the Uyghur, and for others. And we, we're going to introduce him to many of the captive nations of China at our event. So it, it will be wonderful because he will see even beyond what he has already seen and um, we just want to also bless him for being courageous and, and standing for truth. Yeah, if he doesn't win the Nobel Prize for peace, no one should. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This, right. this guy single-handedly got the world to pay attention to the Uyghur crisis. It was unbelievable. He changed the world mm-hmm. with his voice. Yes. Yes. So, also, I'm going to have in the show notes... Um, the uh, I know you work with Nina Shea. She has uh, a several part series at the Hudson Hudson Institute on Beijing's. Um, it's an Olympic boycott series on Beijing's uh, human rights abuses. It was actually talking to Nina that inspired me to do this pentathlon of podcasting, where we're going to highlight a different abuse every day, and we're also going to include Nina's articles in uh, Nina's series in the show notes. Faith, you're going to give us your slam poetry for the show notes. We're gonna, I sure will. Um, th- that's exciting. And um, and all is always, uh, this episode has been brought to you by the Vulnerable People Project, standing in solidarity with the vulnerable. Go to thegreatcampaign.org. Become a monthly donor. Uh, monthly donors are what allow us to budget. And even right now, uh, today, we, we were, um, our organization just this week, we're, we successfully evacuated 13 people who are in, in, in very real danger. We got them out of mm-hmm. Afghanistan to Pakistan. We delivered, uh, we're delivering just today, hundreds of families will be receiving uh, several months of food and coal to get them through the winter. That is all through uh, our donors. And our monthly donors are what, what allow us to budget. I can tell you I broke the budget 
we have poured our reserve fund into the general fund and um, we are overwhelmed with demand in Afghanistan. And I can promise you the Vulnerable People Project is at the front lines of caring for those vulnerable Christians, ethnic minorities, and those who fought alongside with us. So please go there. Go into the show notes and, and support Faith and her work. Faith has been doing this her entire life for decades. She has stood with the persecuted church. Faith, you are a, a, a treasure. And I, I'll never forget the, the first day we met. I was so honored to meet you because you are a legend and the Christian human rights world. So I hope everyone goes and gets on her list, becomes a donor. And you go to mypillow.com like Faith did. No, Faith, tell the truth. Now, which code did you use? Uh-huh. You have a lot of friends. When you went to uh, mypillow.com, all of our friends like, have my pillow code. All of my friends have their own mypillow code. Whose code did you use? Uh, I actually got my pillow before um before the code thing started okay so uh, i didn't but but other things let's see and i didn't know that you were on on that gig so i think i used eric metaxas because he also had his books for sale on mike lindell's my store so um i bought a bunch of the the children's books for a, a friend's little boy and uh, they're they're great too. But uh, next time I will use yours. <laughs> I will use the Vulnerable People Project code to uh, to to get something. And I always want to support Mike, so I'll get something. He he gave away twenty thousand copies of his book in Florida last month. He's an amazing man. So people should really. Mike get Lindell a is a gem, a treasure. Who 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 is? You know, like all of us. I don't know, Faith, if you've had. You just strike me as someone who's been a good Christian her whole life. But for a lot of us, um, you know, when God withholds his grace or we reject his grace and we fall into times of darkness, those times become can become opportunities of developing really profound empathy and courage. And that's what you see in Mike Lindell. This is a guy who went through some really hard times. And mm-hmm. he's just a man who's fearless. And I think it's because he is filled with empathy for truly vulnerable people. Mm-hmm. And he's never going to back yeah. down. He's this guy, like Eric yeah. Metaxas, too. He's just another. Mm-hmm. Eric is so courageous. You know, Zmirak and I talk about how, you know, Zmirak and I say whatever we want. We write whatever we want. We have really not <laughs> much to lose. But Eric Metaxas, mm-hmm. especially after Amazing Grace and his Bonhoeffer book, was the bell of the establishment ball. I mean, Obama invited him to the White House to speak. And and um, Eric is like a guy who I feel keeps winning at the casino and then cashing in his chips on principle time after time. But he keeps cashing in his chips courageously, thoughtlessly, bravely. Uh, he's a great man, too. So um, two great men. Love you, too, Jason. Well, we love you, Faith McDonald. Now, I... We're in the middle of an ice storm, so I have to check and make sure my home is like the, the, the pipes haven't broken. We still have running water and heat because you know what happened last oh last year when we had a storm like this. In oh, Texas. yeah. I saw the photos of like giant icicles growing from people's floors and stuff. It's amazing. Yeah, it was unbelievable. My son's house, it got down to 27 degrees in, in his house. We were lucky oh, yeah, because yeah. we have a heater. Um, this is when I, I said this on the air during the time and, it, and, it, and my, my wife just was so embarrassed. I went and, and rescued all the stray cats in the neighborhood that were stuck outside. Cause these Texas cats aren't Chicago cats. Like these Texas cats aren't handling this. 
And uh, mm. one of the cats just never left. It's our cat now. <laughs> so, oh, oh, and this is what embarrassed my wife. Because, yeah, we have the mattress topper, right? And we put it down. Uh, that's what we play mm-hmm. board games on. Because my wife won't let me put it on a Tempur-Pedic bed. But we, we uh-huh. love it. It's, it's, it's the center of all family board games and cards, whatever. And um, mm-hmm. we all slept in the same room above where we had the fireplace. It was really warm. And um, we had the stray cat and my dog were sleeping together, all of us sleeping together on this one mattress topper, the whole family, the dog and a stray cat. <laughs> my wife said, that is the most embarrassing. You cannot tell the world that you let a stray cat in our house and sleep with us. I said, I, I did it. I just did it. What? Yeah, <laughs> and all the animal lovers love you for it. So, <laughs> Yeah. How are you going to, no, how are you going to let a cat freeze? You can't do that. That's right. All right, Faith. Well, you get back to work. This is a big week for you, the Olympics. I know you're doing a lot of media and you've got a lot of activism. So I, thank you for taking time to come on my show. Get back to work. This, oh. this is what I'm telling everyone. This yeah. stumbling block, you know, scandal means stumbling block, right? This mm-hmm. scandal, this stumbling block that is the Beijing Olympics, the stumbling block of NBC partnering with the CCP, uh, this stumbling mm-hmm. block with the, all of these corporations which are at ccpgenocideolympics.com, we have a list of all the corporate corporate sponsors, the names of all their, the chairmen's board members, um, of and also of the Olympic organizations, the sports organizations, and all of the broadcasters. It's a list of shame. It's a scandal. But but a stumbling block. What happens? You stand on it. It becomes a stepping stone. So I believe that when they write the history books that the, the Beijing Olympics will be remembered as the beginning of the end of the CCP. That in a way, these mm-hmm. Beijing Olympics should be the, the, the nail in the coffin of the CCP. So let's take the next mm-hmm. 15, 14 days, whatever we have left of these Beijing Olympics, and uh, drive that nail deep. Uh, thank you for leading the way on this, Faith. Amen. Thank you, Jason. God bless you. All right. All right, everybody. Aloha. Until tomorrow, Bye. where we continue... The pentathlon is pentathlon. What is it? The pen. What is it, Faith? The pentathlon. The pentathlon. What's the one with the, the pentathlon of podcasting every day uh, through the Olympics? Come to the Jason Jones Show. Share each episode. We're going to highlight a specific human rights abuse of the terror regime, the CCP. Until next time, Jason Jones Show. This has been the Jason Jones Show, powered by Mudhouse Media. Oh, 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 oh.